0: This podcast is meant to provide a little background in addition to what the textbooks discuss about colonial settlement by taking a look at what was going on back in Great Britain and the developments there that might have influenced colonial settlement, both for good and for ill. In many ways, this story goes back to the Protestant Reformation. So we're going to get into a little world history. During the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church had dominated in Europe, and the Catholic Church had its problems, as often happens when there is one dominant force, a basic monopoly. The priesthood was not the celibate or poverty-stricken group that they were supposed to be, and the papacy itself was often for sale, indulgences, various artifacts for sale. This corruption inspired some reformers, who had their own set of problems, of course. John Calvin in Geneva broke with the church, and his Calvinist doctrines would greatly influence the Puritans who would settle Massachusetts Bay, the belief in predestination, in whether you are a saint. In 1517, Martin Luther officially unveiled the Protestant Reformation in the German countries, And so both of these religious leaders had differing views as to what direction religion should go in. They just agreed, basically, that they were not happy with the state of the Catholic Church. That brings us to Henry VIII, whom we don't think of as a religious leader. Uh, We tend to think of Henry VIII as the big fat guy in the movies or the cartoons where Yosemite Sam was his cook and he wanted his hassenpfeffer. Henry VIII also, as many of you no doubt know, had the habit of getting married a lot. Six wives, two of whom were beheaded. Well, there's a little more to the story, and it involves both religious reform and political change. Henry VIII had married Catherine of Aragon, and they had had a daughter, Mary. Henry wanted a son. Now, To our modern eyes, this is very sexist, and of course Great Britain has had a queen since 1953. However, at that time, the idea of a woman ruling the country was a bit different. Henry VIII wanted to get rid of Catherine, ideally through an annulment. Now, Catherine had originally been married to Henry's older brother, and the Pope had approved policies that would allow her to marry the brother of her late husband. Well, in this case, Henry wanted the Pope to approve an annulment or divorce, and the Pope would not do this. The Pope had a variety of reasons, one of which was that he, frankly, was not entitled to an annulment or a divorce. There also were political factors. The Vatican was having its share of issues with the Holy Roman Empire. finally happened is that Henry decided to break with the Catholic Church. Now, in doing this, he did it, yes, in pursuit of getting a new wife. However, there was another factor. The British people, being Catholic, would obey the dictates or ideas or words of the Pope. Henry wanted to be the supreme ruler and felt he could not be as long as the British people were Catholic. So the split also had political reasons, not just marital ones. Well, Henry did get his wish. He founded, became the head of, the Church of England. He finished his marriage with Catherine, married Anne Boleyn, eventually had four more wives in pursuit of a son. He did get his son, King Edward who died as a teenager of tuberculosis. Edward had taken the throne at the age of nine when Henry died. So there were other rulers around him, and when Edward died, having left no heirs, his sister Mary became the queen. Mary, the Catholic daughter of the Catholic Catherine of Aragon. Well, she wanted to move the country back toward Catholicism. This was in the 1550s. And as you all no doubt realize, moving from religion to religion is not something you do lightly. Well, the British people were not in favor of this, the court was not in favor of this, and Mary's half-sister Elizabeth replaced her as queen in 1558. That was Elizabeth I. Elizabeth I was Protestant, or Church of England, Anglican, and she would be on the throne for 45 years, giving Great Britain the time to truly become for the most part, an Anglican country, to establish itself in such a way that it could begin to look beyond its own borders toward the idea of building an empire. This helps explain why her sea dogs, as they were known, people like Sir Francis Drake and Sir Walter Raleigh, were going out exploring, looking for riches and for places for settlement. When Elizabeth died in 1603, The mechanisms were in place to start thinking about colonizing in the New World, and thus, under James I, in 1607, the London Company founded the Jamestown colony in what would be known as Virginia. Jamestown named for King James, Virginia named for Elizabeth the Virgin Queen. During the 17th century, though, England was not a settled government in the way that we think of it today. When James died, his son Charles became king. Charles, taking the throne as of 1625, preferred Catholicism. Well, this helps explain the Puritans' desire to leave, boarding the Arabella and heading for Massachusetts Bay in 1630, because they were going to be on the outs with Charles, and they were themselves upset with the Anglican Church, which they considered still too close to the Catholic Church. Under Charles I, England would go through a civil war, Catholic versus Protestant, essentially, in the 1640s, culminating in 1649 with the beheading of King Charles I. This led to a Puritan rule under Oliver Cromwell. However, after Cromwell's death, the British government was going to pieces. There was no strong man, and they needed one at the time to make sure that they were under control. And in 1660, Charles's son returned in what was called the Restoration, the restoration of the throne. And this will lead to a new round of colonizing, as in Carolina, in 1680. The problems with British rulers were not yet done. Charles II's son, James, became the king in 1685. He was devoutly Catholic, wanted to change how the colonies were ruled, differed strongly with Parliament, and was deposed in 1688 by what was called the Glorious Revolution, King William and Queen Mary coming in to take over. And this changed the British government a great deal in terms of the powers of the king, Parliament began to play a much larger role in the governing of the country than it had. Furthermore, the colonies no longer would be in quite the same position in terms of religion. However, the changes in Great Britain would help lead to a series of wars between England and France and their allies from 1688 to 1763, four lengthy wars that kept Britain quite busy, as you'd imagine. The colonists were involved in them, but at the same time this meant that the colonies, in the Americas at least, were pretty much free to operate largely as they wanted because Britain had bigger concerns. So the colonies had a lot of independence during this period and obviously got used to it and didn't like it when it was being taken away. Hope this has helped you with some of the background and that uh, you'll find it of use in your classes or at least for your information to help you with your students.